Oh, iCarly didn't get brought up on this episode. Episode's not over. Well, it's funny that like Miranda Cosgrove or something wasn't in Hoodwinked. Yeah, that would have been like a sign. It would have been perfect if it hadn't. It had been like Miranda instead of Hayden for the <laughs> sequel. Oh, and guess who? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Carly. <laughs> I'm Sam. Hey everybody! Hey, welcome to the Facts and Fairy Tales podcast, hosted by <laughs> me, Bill, and you, Ben. I that, right, you sprung that on me, that but right? I guess the, we can roll with that. Right? Because, Facts and Fairy Tales, yeah, is that what it, we are? It's very applicable for today's topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of the We Don't Watch Everything podcast, and for those who grew up in the same way that. Ben and I did, who understand the Facts of Fairy Tales reference. <laughs> Welcome to our second Floodlight episode where we'll be talking about the th- the animated movie Hoodwinked, starring Anne Hathaway and Patrick Warburton. It's, it sounds, when you put all that together, it sounds kind of strange. When you think about how odd this movie is. and you think about how long that intro was. <laughs> <laughs> you hijacked my intro and did two different intros. Well, <laughs> our podcast is nothing if not lacking in structure, so... <laughs> Very true. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've got another Floodlight episode. Apparently we only floodlight uh, animated movies from turn of the century or early 2000s. When did this movie come out? 2005. 2005? Yeah. Okay. So a little after Emperor's New Groove. Yeah. But the interesting thing is, um, so they, they made a sequel, which we can get into that later. They did? You didn't know this? I had no idea. <laughs> okay. I honestly had no clue. We'll definitely hit on that later, but they didn't make the sequel until 2011, I believe. That's probably so it was I didn't know much that. later. Um, but yeah, is this it is any a, good. I haven't seen it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> We're not qualified to do this, this podcast. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we're just going to talk about the movie Hoodwinked because. Um, it had come up in some of our conversations outside of the podcast, just some odd memories of it, and it it's a very odd movie, I think I think that's fair to it's say. So weird. <laughs> but it's worth talking about in a lot of ways, but it's something that I grew up with and I've watched I mean countless times. It's among my most watched movies ever, honestly. Um but I didn't that, expect that. <laughs> well now that explains why I'm so messed up, obviously. <laughs> I suppose so. Um, but Howdy, partner. <laughs> so you didn't watch this as much growing up, or I definitely watched it a few times. Um, I feel like it was one of those after we bought the DVD, I watched it maybe four or five times mm-hmm. in the first couple weeks, and then never really revisited it. Maybe, but I always remembered it fondly. Oh and yeah, I always yeah. was like, yeah, Hoodwink, that's a good movie. Yeah, you know, it had been like a couple years since I'd seen it, and I was still like. Yeah, Hoodwink, that's what's up, that's what's up. <laughs> and it, it wasn't one that I would say is like super popular or well-known. Like a decent number of people have seen it, but I don't know of many people who were like, oh, that's like a really good movie or it doesn't like stand out really on its own. It kind of has the feel of a movie that should have a cult following, mm-hmm. but like doesn't. Right. And I don't know if it does. Maybe it does. It Maybe might. we're tapping into a whole new segment yeah. of the market. Maybe that... we're part of the underground here. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we're starting a cult. That's what it sounds like. Um, but what were your reactions um, on the most recent rewatch for this episode? I know you said, similar to Emperor's New Groove, you watched it more than once in preparation. I watched it three times in the last five days. And I watched it once a couple weeks ago when we decided to do this. Okay. So I've watched so, it four times in the last month. So you're well-versed. <laughs> I guess. Um, what, I what were your thoughts? My first reaction, I remember the second time, or I think it was the first time watching this, I was struck by the thought that this movie makes fairy tales really cool, but also makes fun of all of them at every <laughs> step of the way. Yeah. But while making fun of the fairy tales, it makes them cool. And I don't, it's a weird line. It's a weird balance beam to balance upon, mm-hmm. but I think they did it really well. Um, it's quite funny. 
there's a lot of great things about it. There's some things that I, <laughs> I, I don't love about it. Unlike Emperor's New Groove, I don't think this is a perfect movie. I think Jason Seagal could probably make it better somewhere. Yes. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so maybe we'll have an idea for that later on. Um, I don't know. I've got a lot of just, like, off-the-cusp, like, first reactions to well, it. Well, that's the only way you can react to this movie. You can't... As much as I... As many times as I've seen it, and as much as I tried to think logically about it after watching it this most recent time, I couldn't really break it down logically. Like, what is it that works? What is it that doesn't work? You just kind of have to go off the cuff with it. Because I don't know how much thought they were putting into it when they made it. It felt like something where they had this really out there wild idea and just kind of ran with it. So one day, some, <laughs> some writer was just in their room, in their office, mumbling a song to themselves about schnitzel. And <laughs> it turned into this movie. <laughs> then the animation... Looks like they went at about that pace with that. Do you want to talk about the animation too. now? Because that's one of the things. One well, of the I think it's apologetically a, negative. I think it's I, I think about. it's an important thing to bring up. Where so we we talked about the animation with Emperor's New Groove. How you know it's not the greatest or most spectacular Disney thing, but it's still got that Disney care and charm, and they still they put a lot of effort into it, even if it wasn't like technically super impressive. Hoodwinked, on the other hand, looks like an unfinished, unedited cutscene from a PS2 game. It's bad. Yeah. It's bad. It's <laughs> a good um, point that it's PS2, not even just a bad video game. Yeah, no. Specifically PS2. It's bad. <laughs> uh, it's Not only is it bad, but it's genuinely disturbing. It's jarringly like, bad, yes. It's there are scenes scary. <laughs> genuinely horrifying to watch. Watching that kid put a schnitzel up his nose <laughs> will haunt me for the rest of my life. But maybe that was the point. <laughs> I guess it was, but that like whole thing was rough. That whole the whole schnitzel song, <laughs> some of those things are pretty scary. But even even like the main characters and the people you're supposed to like and relate to are just like the animation. You're just like, ugh. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like this. I don't like you. Like, this looks bad. And for a movie that, ha- it's not like it was a low, I can't really say it was a low budget movie. Like, considering the stars who were in it. Yeah, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, nice. Glenn Close, uh, Patrick Warburton's up there. Um, and Jim even, Belushi? Jim, yeah, not John, Jim, not, not John, John Belushi. But Jim's. Yeah, yeah. So not quite as big. But, but, but then Anthony Anderson and Exhibit. As like two side characters. Yeah, what the heck was Exhibit I, doing in this movie? I don't know, but I love Chief Grizzly. I, I love I love like, his yeah. Wasn't this his isn't this his only acting credit too? Um besides like Pimp My Ride. Oh <laughs> but if you don't count that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you don't. <laughs> um but uh yeah, the animation was not on par with the level of talent, I guess you could say, in this movie, which is what makes it funny and interesting to me. Is you as bad, yeah, as bad as it is, <laughs> it, it adds to the charm of the movie. Yeah, it's way, like, so. this is not what they cared about. And I don't, I don't know if that's a critique on their whole idea of visually portraying the fairy tales. It's like, we just don't care about this element mm-hmm. of storytelling. Or we're doing all this weird out there stuff, and who cares what it looks like? I don't know. But I, I, I'm, I'm glad you noticed that, too, because it's, it's pretty, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. It's bad. I also said about, I had in my notes about this, the animation of this movie, another show we talked about a lot on this podcast, uh, I'll just read you what I wrote. I wrote, Hoodwink walked so that Clone Wars could run. (laughs) Uh, I found myself comparing the animation and just like the way the characters were built. Yeah. Similar, like a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. It just had to do with the style of animation. I just, it was a weird thought that went through my head and I figured I'd share it for everyone to hear. But you, you know what's weird and scary is from the the Clone Wars movie I believe came out what 2007 2008. So that was only like 3 years after Hoodwinked, which seems crazy with how long ago that was and how Clone Wars like just wrapped up. Well, they did take a long break, but 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 still like the fact that the show is running that long. Mm-hmm. I guess that's that kind of dates the animation and the, the technical aspect of it but yeah if you're if you're looking for a visually interesting 
uh, you know, fun, bright, shiny adventure. Stay far, far away if that's your biggest priority. In a land far, far away. <laughs> uh, what else do you got? What else oh, stood do you wanna, out to you? Should we stay... Should we get the critical stuff out of the way or we should come to the fun stuff? What What's... What's more important in your mind? What jumps out at you well, when you watch this movie? Obviously, I don't, I'm not going to say the critical stuff. Um, I don't know, man. There's so much going on here. It's not as quotable as, of a movie as Emperor's New Groove. Well, what is? But I think the main, the main thing I'm blown away at by this movie is the music. And I know you wanted to talk about this too. So I'll let you talk more about the music, but I wanted to make the point that this movie is a musical. Like the characters <laughs> do sing. Yeah. So like <laughs> Anne Hathaway has a song, the goat, the <laughs> be prepared. Well, the podcast is a start and I do not feel prepared. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the first not the first time he's done that <laughs> tonight. <laughs> um there like the characters do sing songs, so it is a musical. But not how many movies, musicals do you know that seamlessly integrate a perfect soundtrack uh-huh. to into a musical? So there's music going on in the movie that per, is perfect for the movie, but then the characters are also singing themselves. It's a weird balance. Yeah. And I don't know any other... Off the top of my head, I can't think of any other movies that do that well. well like the example of uh, at the ski race... Yeah. When they have like the rock concert going on in the background, but that's also just the soundtrack for what's mm-hmm. going on in the movie, which is kind of an interesting storytelling thing. Storytelling, yeah, thing there. Um, but the you mentioned the uh, goat be prepared song, uh, shamelessly, that song and one other song, the schnitzel song. They came on and unprompted i went bar for bar and hit every word of those songs that's how memorable they are and it's been years since i've watched this movie <laughs> i was a little more disturbed when i got done with the schnitzel song because as you mentioned it's kind of a disturbing scene <laughs> but, goodness ben are you all right <laughs> hey i you're the one who incorporated the um be prepared song into the podcast already so also, on that note, this scene, not involving the goat, but closely related, the dinamite. Mm-hmm. Must be Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I realize, like, I forget from time to time why I say dynamite like that. But mm-hmm. I, That's what like, it's <laughs> Even if I say the word dynamite correctly, in my head, I'm thinking dinamite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, a little weird, weird twerk. Twitchy. Gotta love twitchy. Okay, can I talk about Twitchy real quick? Talk about Twitchy. I had, the last thing I wrote down was, who wins in a fight between Jim Carrey in The Mask and Twitchy after drinking coffee? I haven't seen The Mask. You haven't seen The Mask? <laughs> it's called the We Don't Watch Everything podcast. And t- but together we do. I guess. <laughs> if we that, combine. Well, the, the scene right after Twitchy... Chugs Drinks that coffee, cup of coffee and, yep. and like freaks out. That's very mask. Okay, gotcha. So that's why it made me think of that. Um, I'd be inclined to think that Twitchy would win, even though the mask is a supernatural being. It's it's hard to picture Twitchy losing anything after drinking coffee. Maybe we'll have to do a hypothetical versus pod at some <laughs> point, and they'll be the one seeds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, as as the wolf says, right after Twitchy speeds away after drinking the coffee, he's like. What have I done? He's created what a monster. Have I done <laughs> another great performance from Patrick Warburton? Though. In f- funny enough, the complete opposite character is Kronk, which shows his range. Incredibly <laughs> intelligent character, right? Well, you think you think of Kronk. He's super happy, super. He's a happy-go-lucky. He has his love for life. He's does his joy in everything that he does. He's super optimistic. Um, and he's a little bit light on the brain side. Whereas the wolf is the complete opposite. He's like, he's super sarcastic. He's kind of a downer, but he's also very, like you said, he's intelligent and he like picks things apart in a sort of downbeat kind of way. And Patrick Warburton just sells both of them perfectly. And they're the best part, I think, of both of those movies, respectively. Okay, so do you want to hit that now? Do you think the wolf is the funniest character in this movie? Um, I, 
He has the most lines that I laugh at. Um, the most... Okay, it made me laugh every single time I watched it, but the most recent time, just for some reason, it made me... Had, I had to pause the movie to laugh at this line. But which one? <laughs> it might be insensitive, but the they're in the cave after the explosion, and Twitchy says, Oh, man, we're going to die. <laughs> we're going to die in here. Like, oh, man, that's what they said at the Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's maybe my favorite line of the movie, because he, the way he says it, he's like... Yeah, don't worry. That's don't what they worry. said at the That's Alamo. That's what they said at the Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you could just like speed right on by it, but like, <laughs> no, I, that's I, I would agree. That's my number one favorite. It's my favorite line yeah. in the movie. It's hard to pick against the wolf as the funniest character in the movie. This movie, it's easy to compare it to Emperor's New Groove just because it's the only other movie we've floodlighted. Mm-hmm. It's it's much more of an ensemble. Yes, than the last, than very Emperor's much. Yeah. There was a very there was a much smaller cast in ENG. Um, that doesn't need an acronym. <laughs> but <laughs> there's a lot of a lot of characters here and they obviously intertwine in different ways mm-hmm. depending on the point of view. Well that, that's by virtue of how the story is set yeah. up and the whole point there. This is the first movie that I remember exposing me to the type of storytelling of the cross interview. Uh-huh. Where each person gets a chance to tell their story. Yes, and it's different from each per- point of. This is point. This is the first example I have of remembering mm-hmm. this point, which is obviously it's kind of a tr- it's become a trope used in a lot of sitcoms, and obviously just like as this movie is a, a investigation, like investigation type show, but to be not to get too technical, I guess. No, yeah, yeah, I, I agree. It's it was one of the first for me as well, and I think. It works really well. Um, I think it works really well to tell the story that they're trying to tell. As I don't know how wait, many other. Wait, we were talking. No, we got to go back. <laughs> what we were talking. We're all over the, the place, just like this movie. So okay, we got to go back. We got to go back. So you the think... funniest character in the movie? Do you think it's the wolf? That that would be That's my vote. vote. Yeah. I have a feeling I'm about to get disagreed with. I see. I don't think I disagree, but. I don't think it's 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 hard to say, I guess. I would say if you let me have a combined character and say the wolf with Twitchy is the funniest character in the movie, mm-hmm. I'm here for it. It's If it's just the wolf individually, I think it's a little m- more muddy. Sure, right. I think the grandma's really funny. Grandma Puckett. Uh-huh. I think Twitchy is really funny too, but I don't know if Twitchy works as well without the wolf exactly. being downcast and exactly. sardonic. I think <laughs> what's the goat's name? I can't. It's the jaw. They just call him Mister Goat. But he has a name like on his Jeb Jable or something. Something like that. Yeah, but we'll just call him the goat because he is the greatest. he is the goat. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> got horns that open bottles and he's got horns that hold his keys and horns that come with hair. Yeah, and horns that hold his other horns. It always comes prepared. Always comes prepared. It's a great lesson too. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> that, but that. So, one of his scenes is also the other line. Is the two funniest lines in the movie to me are the Alamo, and then when he talks normally yeah. after telling. Her, That's right. He's like, That's right. <laughs> after explaining to her through song that he had been cursed to only be able to sing than to just claim that's right mm-hmm. it was very funny to me <laughs> yep but yeah speaking of coming prepared what else do we have to talk about on this <laughs> podcast <laughs> okay no back to the funniest character so I, I think I'd agree. It's got to be. It's probably got to be the wolf if you have yeah. one character. But it, it's not um, like it's not a deal where like he just has this standout performance that carries the movie. It's how he plays off of everyone else, mm-hmm. um, and how he's just a complete antithesis to a fairy tale, magical, happy world. He's, mm-hmm. and that's kind of his part as like the investigator, as like the journalist. He's just trying to figure things out. But he's also not very good at his job, which is funny, too. It's also nice that he is the wolf, but he's not the bad guy. It's yeah, fresh, it's, fresh, it subverts your expectations. Um, so, I think this would be a fun segment. Last time we did a floodlight, we declared Kronk as the funniest character in the movie. 
So I think as we continue doing floodlight episodes, if we could continue the scale and replace number like on a scale from zero to 10, 10 being the funniest, I think it would be cool if we replaced 10 with Kronk. So on a scale of zero to 10, how fun, or zero to Kronk, I should say. Zero to Kronk. On a scale of zero to Kronk, Kronk being 10. But also understanding Kronk is his own category altogether. Yes, and also understanding that we're not opposed, we're not against potentially going past 10 too, if we need to. I don't imagine it ever happening, <laughs> as Kronk is, as we declared I don't know podcast, what the funniest character in any movie ever. Yeah. But I, I don't know what I would see that would make me say that person is so much funnier than Kronk. I think I have mo- a hard time picturing that happening at this point in my life. I don't think the movie's come out yet. Who knows? I mean, I'm not a, I'm not saying it can't happen though. Um so Ben, on a scale of 0 to Kronk, Kronk being 10, how funny is the wolf? I put the wolf at a solid 7. 7? Yeah. That's pretty high. I'm feeling you may disagree. Well, I I guess maybe I was thinking about it. So we should average our numbers and then replace that number on the scale with... What if you give them a negative 100? Then how's the average going to work? Why would I do that? I don't know. I mean, I this is hypothetical. Funny. And I'm not, not just a wolf. What if there's another instance where I think someone's the funniest, second funniest character ever, second to Kronk, and you think they're the most offensive, unfunny thing to ever be on a screen? And we're just going to average it out? The most offensive, unfunny thing to ever be on a screen is you right now on this podcast. Except we're not on a screen, so <laughs> suck on that. I was going to give the wolf a five. Okay, fair enough. So average it out to six? Yeah, that's so fair. I feel like it's a pretty good spot for him. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so then say, okay, just to discuss the segment as we continue it. So then, like, next time we do a floodlight, if we also decide that the funniest character in that movie is a six, we would then have to decide which character was funnier between him and the wolf. Yeah, and they'd go head-to-head head, head head in a battle and, royale. And whoever's... I don't know. We don't have to discuss the rules right what, now. What are we going to call this segment? We didn't name it. We're just going to call it One to Kronk? Yeah, that, I feel like that works. Boom. The... I'm sure there's a, some fun wordplay we can come up with the word Kronk and tips of scales i don't know so there you have it on a scale of zero to cronk the wolf is a six mm-hmm. good midway point i like on, it on the journey i like it so um i don't know where i want to go with this next um what were you what did you think of like the storyline and like the the way they decided to tell it like what what do you think of them making um like mystery police thriller in the middle of a fairy tale like were you just like what is going on or were you like i kind of dig this i i felt like i was thrown in right away from the get-go i was in yeah there was no like buffers buffer zone where i was like is this funny? Is this not? What's going on with this world? The only thing that threw me off was this is a world where humans and animals seem to live together without much strife. Mm-hmm. But there's this guy dressed up like an animal. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little weird. It's like a mascot type of thing. The what origin of the furry epidemic. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of it's the BoJack Horseman universe. I thought of that a little bit. Um the the tone is is way different and Oh, really? It's not super it's, depressing. No, it's so. <laughs> Um no, it's it's not the same thing, but like the universe idea of humans and animals coexisting and like them playing off, like playing off of and playing up their like own characteristics mm-hmm. or whatever. Um is interesting. But no, I agree with you. I I just kind of even from the first time I saw this movie, I just launched right into it. Like, they opened up with the most absurd scene, which is, like, the central scene that the mystery is around where Red, Little Red Riding Hood comes home mm-hmm. and the wolf is dressed up as Grandma and then Grandma jumps out of the closet, tied up, and then... Are we just going to talk about how big I'm getting? <laughs> and then um, the, the lumberjack. Did they ever say what his name is? I forget. Uh, I don't, I don't remember if they did. I literally watched this movie two hours ago, and I don't remember if they did or not. <laughs> but yeah, he uh, and then he rolls in on the log and breaks the window, and you're like, "What is going on?" And they, howdy, partner. They kind of sort it out, 
and nothing is as it seems. Really, every, every single character <clears throat> is the opposite of, maybe not the opposite, but is different. Both like traditionally in what the story is. I don't think there, the lumberjack was in the original story. I'm not very familiar with the Little Red Riding Hood fairy tale, other than... Uh, neither am I, so I don't know. <laughs> I think they added, like... I don't know if this was added or if this was an actual thing, but the backstory they gave to the hood was kind of cool, actually. Where the hood was passed down from oh, yeah. pocket girl to pocket girl as they delivered treats, and there was a different story for each one. She flew cheesecakes across the ocean. Uh-huh. like Stuff like that. I, I thought that was kind of neat, actually. It was kind of beautiful in a weird movie. <laughs> in a weird movie. But, like, you know, you look at each character, and they're different than what you'd expect that role in the story to be like the wolf isn't like big and scary he's he's actually kind of depressed and just misunderstood mm-hmm. and cast as the villain just because he's the wolf and like he even calls that out at one point yeah he's like oh seriously. yeah blame it on the wolf <laughs> but but then and like granny's not like old. never trust a bunny <laughs> never trust a bunny granny's not like old and gentle she's like she does extreme literally sports. an action hero yeah and, and red isn't like innocent and sweet she's like well, she's innocent. She's yeah. just a karate ch- regional she, champion. She, she's like feisty and kind of like rebellious. Mm-hmm. And then the lumberjack. I, I, think I, was, like, I wasn't expecting him to be a... I wasn't expecting him to be in the movie. <laughs> 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 yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, they, they turn... They just turn it all on its head and turn it into a and golden fa- good old-fashioned mystery thriller. I don't want to spoil anything. Because I do want to sell people on watching it if they mm-hmm. haven't. Yeah, because I don't feel like we've been too specific on it. No, I don't think so we have far. either. But on that point, you don't necessarily... They don't They don't really try to hide it that much, I noticed, who the bad guy is. Yeah. Like, they make it pretty obvious yeah. to the viewer. But... Because it is a kid's movie at the end of the day. But going into a movie, like, that's, that's also not the type of character you would have expected to have been the bad sure, guy. Sure, yeah. They make it obvious in the movie, but... If you had to go in blind, you wouldn't have guessed that character, if that makes sense. So, as you, just to build on what you were saying. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. It's, it's also interesting, um, I don't, this might be reading too much into it, but... I don't <laughs> think reading, that's possible. Reading, <laughs> I don't know if they read anything into this as they were making it. Which is why you can't read too much into it. Yeah, but is it kind of like a twist or a critique on like fairy tales and legends where... Um, it's set in this like fanciful fairy tale universe with the backdrop being like one that like a well-known one. But the whole point is each person has a different like story that makes up this movie and they all differ very like at important points from each other. I could see that being the motivation with, especially in fairy tales, often the bad guy is such a one-sided character. There's usually no explanation for anything about them besides just that they're an evil witch or they want to eat these kids who stumbled into their oven, you know? Yeah. That would, normal, that normal stuff like that. Yeah. You know, there, <laughs> there's never like in normal, I guess, I don't know about normal, but more flushed out stories that we see in movies or TV shows, they usually do a pretty good job of giving explanation for the bad guy. And so maybe that was the motivation for making this where, Instead of just telling the main character's story, we're going to do a fairy tale esque thing with telling a lot of different per- perspectives, and then it just kind of snowballed into a... Whatever we into, ended up with. Into, into whatever it is. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. I, I'm just... Like I said, it might be reading too much into it to think of it this way, but like, is it trying to say something about what we know or think we know about stories and like legends and stuff when each person's like account is different that they give to the police like and they like they're different than each other at really important points like from red's perspective like the wolf was evil from the wolf's perspective his tail got caught in a camera and screamed i don't know maybe maybe i'm maybe i was wrong maybe you can read too much into (laughs) it (laughs) i like where your head's at though it's a good mind space but if they spent as anywhere near as low of effort into making this story as they did the animation, then I'm probably thinking too much about it. But I don't know what to tell you, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, this movie makes my head do strange things. You know what? Oh, it made my head do a strange thing too. So 
the wolf. Did you notice what shirt he was wearing? No. He predicted LeBron to the Lakers. He's, he's, wearing, <laughs> oh. he's wearing a purple and gold 23 jersey. I can't believe I didn't notice that. Yeah. That's what happens when Prophecy. you watch the movie three times. Who knew? Days. Did it take you like the third time watching to realize that? No, it was actually the first time. Okay. So, yeah. Oh, being an L.A. guy, so, you, you, have, you have an eye for that kind of thing. An L.A. and a LeBron guy. I'm not ashamed. I'm from L.A. I like the Lakers. I like LeBron. That's not what this podcast. I, I never, I never said I was going to shame you. <laughs> um, what other get, thoughts do you have? Well, I, I get back into another critique. How about that? Do it. So I want to first of all say I'm so sorry for critiquing the movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know who you're the, apologizing to. The bad guy in the movie. His. Intentions were a little inconsistent at times. Um, at one point in the movie, he says something about, well, maybe with all these recipes getting stolen, maybe someday we can all just work for the same treat company. And it, it had the vibe of posit- like good intentions. Mm-hmm. But then it comes out that he's just evil. Yeah. And, like, he just wants to ruin everything and blow up everything. Of you know? course. So it, it, it was like, well, what are they trying to do with this? But then I realized that... The scene where he has positive intentions for what he's doing is during the lumberjack or the the schnitzel guys t- uh, rehashing of the story. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, maybe he didn't have good intentions, but this guy just sees everything in such an innocent, positive light that that's how he saw the enemy. And maybe, uh, maybe he <laughs> also he also has a self proclaimed evil lair where he plans his deeds from so i think this guy no the bunny no yeah that's what i'm saying so like i'm saying in the scene it sound it seemed like he had good intentions for why he was doing what he was doing uh-huh yeah but yeah. maybe that was only because it was during the schnitzel guy's telling of the story and he saw everything in such a innocent positive yeah way. so through his so eyes through his eyes it came off that way intentions. right and only when we go to like the overhead view that it switches back to yeah. at the end and you you seeing everything happen. you're catching my drift you're yeah catching yeah my i am drift. yeah yeah can, can, so can and can we also talk about how utterly disturbing that whole setup in the like cave and the mountain is like the song that they have where the henchmen are dancing to it. I couldn't watch it the last time. <laughs> even even the wolf says it. He's like, the tune was catchy, but the choreography was terrible. <laughs> that was a good line. But no, and it was because it's coming off of, I think it's Granny, and she's like, like they do the song, and then Granny is like, what does she say? She's like, we have to do something. She's like, oh, we have to do something. And then the wolf is like, yeah, I know. The tune <laughs> yeah. was catching, but the choreography was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> oh, man. Is the... Uh... I wish that fight scene had been longer, actually. It was creative. Mm-hmm. I caught myself thinking, is this a better team-up fight than the last Avengers movie? <laughs> <laughs> last Avengers movie had a little more going on. On a scale of one to the Avengers movie, how good is this <laughs> this fight compared to the whole Avengers movie? Shut up. <laughs> you can't just throw out these challenges without expecting some over-analysis by Ben. <laughs> if we haven't learned that by now. <laughs> okay, here's one other thing I wanted to talk about. Last time we talked about Emperor's New Groove, we, I said that this was 100% a movie that I enjoyed as a kid that I would want to share with my kids. Do you envision yourself oh sharing the movie Hoodwinked with your kids someday? Uh, I feel like I have to. like Not because only it was such a big part of my life, but it's just such an oddity. It's like I... For, to, you can't... Exp- if I had to deal with this, you have to. Is yeah, that your mentality? Sort of. <laughs> I don't know what they would get out of it. Like... I feel like ten, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 50 years from now, I think people will be able to get something out of Emperor's New Groove. I feel like this movie is specifically for our generation yeah. and no one else will get I don't it. know. Like if I would have come to this movie 
right now without ever having seen it before, I don't know what my reaction would have been. I would have, my reaction would be, why the heck is Anne Hathaway in this? Yes, that's what I was thinking. For sure. <laughs> it's like, aren't you above this? <laughs> but I, I'm a hard no. I will not be showing this really? movie to my kids. For not only the what I just said about the generation thing, but for the coffee scene. You know how kids, like, try to emphasize stuff and, like, pretend, like, what they see on TV yeah. to the school? If you show a little kid a scene with a character, a hyper character, drinking a cup of coffee for the first time and flipping out right. and going a thousand miles per hour, the kid's going to try to drink your coffee, like, every single day and just, like, go bananas over it. And I just don't want to deal with that. So, this movie is a hard no on me. Just with because my of kids. that. Really, honestly, that was what I was most struck by. Okay. This last time, I was like, oh, what if I was a kid and I saw that? Okay. Fair enough. I probably did, even. Like, I probably did pretend <laughs> to, like, go crazy after, like, taking a sip of my parents' coffee. Or, like, coffee. thinking that's what coffee did to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, I, I wish that's what it did to you. Seriously. I'd be so much more productive if it actually woke me up. <laughs> uh, Goodness. Wh- Twitch is my role model. Basically. Interesting. Did you guys have this on DVD? Yes. That's part of why I watched it so many times. Okay. I meant to get back to my parents' place over the last couple weeks to get the DVD because I have no specific memories or details about it, but weren't there some pretty good games on this DVD? This was kind of in the prime of having like play-along games on the DVD. Yeah, and that was a big deal on the special features section. Do you remember? I don't remember this one in particular. We're going to get the DVD. I have it, but it's also... It? I, don't, I don't physically have it. I don't know if okay. it ended up we'll get the DVD, else, and we're going to check out to see if they have games, and if there are <laughs> any good ones, we'll, we'll film ourselves playing it and post it on Twitter. <laughs> just to see what it's like. <laughs> you said also, it. I, you said it. I didn't. Also... <laughs> um. I tweeted on our Twitter page, y'all mind if we record a pod, like I always do? Yeah. If that gets, didn't you, you said if that gets 10 retweets, you'll sing the schnitzel song, and we'll do it on that video. How about that? Oh, man. So go record, or go retweet the y'all mind if we record a pod tweet from tonight. If we get, what, 10 or 5? 10, two. split the, so Moving the goalposts. Uh, we can split the difference. Let's go seven. Seven? Okay. Seven we retweets. Seven retweets. I will sing the whole schnitzel song. And then we will play the DVD games. Oh, we're just going to do on... that anyway. Well, yeah. I, we'll want, I want to do that. We'll I just, don't we'll want to sing the schnitzel song. We're just going to add it. For the okay. whole world. I want you to. I well, think... obviously. Because you're not the one singing the schnitzel song. I'll sing with you. You would do that? If... Then what's the point of this? If... Fine, I, I won't. Is that what you want, Ben? I won't sing it with you, okay? Oh, I, I, was, I was the one who created this bet to begin with, so... Yeah, this was your idea. I'll have you rest in the bed that you made for yourself. Do you okay, have... I, I want to talk, though, about okay. the sequel they made. But you haven't seen it. How are we going to talk about it? The, the fact that it exists? Yeah, why the heck does it exist? <laughs> Let's see. I want to see. How much but, money did this movie make? So it's different on a few levels. First of all, just seeing like pictures and screenshots, the animation looks way different. Better or worse? Not better. This movie but made one hundred ten million dollars. It was it had a fifteen million dollar budget and it made one hundred and ten million. So that's why it made almost a hundred million dollars. So they were so they were just super efficient, spending no money on the visual side of it. Gave Anne check a not Anne check Anne Hathaway a giant check. Or maybe she just like said. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if you told me Anne Hathaway got paid like five, six million for this, and they made it with ten, nine to ten million. The other thing to think about: one, it's a really short movie, like mm-hmm. The Emperor's New Groove. It is just a quick sprint. Oh, we and forgot to tell people where we watched it. We'll get to that. Okay. But the other thing is, it being an animated movie, it's not as much of a demand on the actors. You know, it's just voiceovers. Mm-hmm. And with so many characters, the ensemble thing, the individual characters don't have that many lines. So maybe when you factor all that in, they're not paying Anne Hathaway that much money. And I don't know. Maybe that's an explanation for it. But my point is, the sequel does not have Anne Hathaway in it. Does it have... It has Red, but she is played by Hayden Panettiere, not Anne Hathaway. Another like pretty big name though, right? Which is also <laughs> save the cheerleader. Interesting, and it, it 
Um, it has another familiar face. I was just scrolling through the IMDb uh, actors um, in preparation for this. It also has... Um, what is his first... Is it Daniel Pudi? Oh, from Community? Danny Pudi from Danny Pudi, Community. Yeah, from yeah. Community, yeah. And he is way down the list. Bill some, Hader's in it, too. And some super minor character. Um, uh, oh, my goodness. There's a lot of names in it, actually. Uh, Hayden Panatera, Patrick Warburton as the wolf again. Right. Glenn Close is back. I Bill believe. Hader plays uh, one of the Grimm brothers. Glenn Close is back as Granny Puckett. And Amy Poehler plays Greta. That, that was the other one. Yeah. 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 And then I, there's Martin Short replaces Belushi as the woodsman. Woodsman. Um, Heidi Klum plays a person named Heidi. I'm sure this is the most fascinating part of the pod, just me scrolling and <laughs> reading names. I'm interested. I'm locked in. <laughs> um, I don't see Danny Pudi. He's, oh, he was like way down the list. I scrolled down the entire list. but uh, Maybe I'm making Maybe he didn't get up. credited. But the point is, all of these semi-famous slash famous people decided to jump on board for this obscure sequel five years later. But Anne Hathaway was like, no. <laughs> well the movie only made 16 million oh the second one made significantly less Ooh. and the budget was double what the first one was oh the no budget was, the budget was 30 million and it only made 16 so someone got fired i, I want to say <laughs> someone did, was let go did they just put a bunch of money into like marketing it but if they did i think i would have heard about it more like i saw i remember vividly the only time i saw any like press for it I was at a blockbuster, dating myself there, but it was like on, there's a preview for it on a TV in the background. And that was the only time I ever found out anything about this movie. Uh-huh. But I wasn't compelled enough to go watch it. And maybe it sounds like for good reason. What, what I imagine is what happened is that there were just problems with the script since it was a sequel. They probably rushed together. So the production, the time of production just got lengthened, mm-hmm. which is always going to add a bunch to the budget because of just salaries and stuff. So, um, well, and they, maybe they tried to like, we'll have to watch it, I guess. Yeah. Maybe they tried to like committee and think out this movie too much where, the beauty of the first one was there, like, it was there some awesome. guy drank a bunch of coffee, like, twitchy, went into a room, had an idea, and wrote it all down, and made the animation in one night. And he was like, I'm going to get Anne Hathaway an Oscar. And then she didn't sign on, and so they had to change everything. <laughs> no, I'm saying that's what made the first movie happen. I'm not... Oh, that's what's... Okay. Yeah. It was Maybe just that's this, what he was thinking. Was I'm going to get Anne Hathaway an Oscar. Yeah. And it's just this spur-of-the-moment thing. And he created this slash in the bottle. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, I use that term for Emperor's New Groove, but it's very much a different kind of lightning in a bottle. We'll have I'm... to. I don't want to get. I don't want to typecast our floodlight episodes. We should mix up the next one. This it, it's kind of similar in ways. I don't. But... It's hard to say anything is similar to Hoodwinked. <laughs> like what? There's what can you compare to this? Well, the sequel is called Hoodwinked Two, but it's not. To the number, T-W-O, it's T-O-O, uh-huh. to say as with something, like you too, like you're also there. Yes. So I guess, I don't know, people don't come here for grammar lessons. <sighs> too bad. Well, you, you, do, you come for grammar lessons. I come to the podcast for grammar lessons. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I don't really know where I was going with that. <laughs> Any final thoughts on Hoodwinked? I don't know if I'll ever have my final thought on Hoodwinked. <laughs> it's I think an ever-changing it, story. It, exactly. I don't know if I'll ever have a set opinion on this movie. <laughs> I do think it's worth a watch. If I you think... haven't seen it, I have to recommend it. If you haven't Just... seen it, I can't imagine you're still listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But please do. Thanks for coming back. Yeah, thanks. Making it this far. (laughs) And if nothing else, go retweet us so that you can hear me sing this song. Also, what? (laughs) That was written by a goat who lives in a mountain shack by himself and has interchangeable. Wait, you're singing the prepared song? I thought you were singing the schnitzel song. I was. That's right. Now you're singing. I sing both of them. Okay, now if we don't. If we get get 14 retweets, I'll sing both. No, if we don't get any retweets, you sing the prepared song. What? How does that make any sense? Because I feel like we're either going to get seven or none. 
So I want... <laughs> well, I don't know. We'll probably get two. <laughs> Us. You'll retweet it. Okay. <laughs> there you we'll, go. We'll have, we'll have like... We'll have like two and then... I'll be like, haha, I won. I don't have to sing the song. And just out of spite, I'll go retweet it. And then we'll get a mountain of people who come in and retweet it after that. How and many people do you think is a mountain of people? Enough. It's just old man mountain showing us who's boss. Also, I'm going to say right now that this doesn't time out either. Like this, <laughs> so this if that won't ever so happens. At any point in time, that specific tweet gets seven retweets. You have to hop on this podcast and sing that song. Deal. And that'll be our new intro music. <laughs> okay, I don't agree to that. <laughs> well, we can yeah. talk about it. <laughs> That's the problem of co-hosting. I can't just make any decisions on my own. I mean, technically. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's pretty much all I got. I, I, I don't, don't know, know what else any, you can say. Any about closing it. statements? I don't know if anything we can say can do any more justice to this movie. So I suppose with that... <laughs> Uh, we're going to take a quick break and come back with yet another segment of Weiwa. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this episode of the We Don't Watch Everything podcast. Um, we just want to take a quick minute right here to let you know that Phil and I recorded a bonus episode for this week. Um, it is a Weiwa wrap-up of the Amazon Prime original series, The Wilds. We get pretty in-depth with a, a spoiler review of uh, that show now that we both finished it. So that episode has dropped this week as well. It'll be episode 10 of our podcast if you want to go give that a listen. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It is time for our weekly installment of What Are You Watching? Better known as Weiwa. So it is Phil's turn this week. Phil, what are you watching? Well, Ben, I know you're not watching it. I'm not sure why you're not watching it either. Because I know you're a fan of the MCU, but it is only appropriate. Last week, last Friday, was the last Friday for the show WandaVision. It was coming out weekly, and the last episode came out. And so it is now completely streaming on Disney+. Plus. I don't think there's going to be a second season. I'd be surprised if there was. But I just wanted to take away a while to talk about it, since I did really enjoy it. Um, as a fan of the MCU, the main thing I want to say about this show is that it is a bridge from the last decade plus of the mcu that led to the infinity saga like end of the, the infinity saga it, it's leading from the infinity saga to what they're going to do next and i want to say that after the infinity saga ended i had a ton of superhero fatigue i was right. i was i was getting a I, this it, the ending of the infinity saga was very satisfying i was very happy with it but i was just i wasn't I'm not going to lie, I, w I would say I was not interested in what MCU had coming next. And WandaVision was so charming, it was so different, it was such a breath of fresh air that I think it cured the fatigue. Hmm. And now I'm, I'm back in, and now I'm pumped for Winter Soldier and the Falcon and Winter Soldier to come out next week, I think, is when that comes out. I'm excited for the rest of it. I'm pumped for the next Doctor Strange because Wanda will be in that. I'm pumped for Spider-Man because I, I just love Spider-Man. But I just main thing I want to say about WandaVision is that if you were feeling any superhero fatigue at all, the doctor prescribes nine, <laughs> nine episodes. I think nine episodes of WandaVision and you'll be ready to go. I was super impressed with Elizabeth Olsen who plays Wanda. Um... She took on a big task playing a character who is a lot of things. She's the main character. She's a sitcom mom. She's a sitcom wife of so many different genres. She's kind of the bad guy. She's kind of the good guy. She's not really sure what she's going to be. She took on a lot of sides to the character. And I think she stepped up to the plate. I was very impressed with her. And she kind of overperformed what my expectations were. I didn't expect her to be as good as she was. I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, it's not a perfect show. 
there are some things, but a lot of people weren't a huge fan of the finale. I thought it was great. I thought it was just fine. Um, I think the vision is maybe the most underrated, just quality character mm-hmm. in superhero lore out there. Wow. I, th- I think he's That's an incredible exciting. character. I don't know too much about like comic iterations of him, but the vision that we get in the MCU from his introduction in Ultron is one of the best characters out there. Uh, so that's uh, that's a little bit about WandaVision, I guess. I know you haven't seen it. I haven't. But Can you explain I, I, yourself? <laughs> because um, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the podcast or not, but if I get a show or movie recommended to me, it's usually at least a year or two before I get around to actually watching it. And then I talk about how great it was and how glad I am that I took the recommendation um, see last week's episode where we talk about New Girl, but that's a different discussion. But no, um, I do plan on watching it at some point, just kind of at my own pace. I've only heard good things about it. I haven't really mm-hmm. heard anything negative. Um, and, and like you said, they really needed to do something new with the MCU mm-hmm. to like keep it fresh because I was feeling the same superhero fatigue type of thing. Mm-hmm. And you can't just try to keep topping it with battles and action and, and villains because... With Thanos, I mean, you literally hit, like, the top. It's like you overcame that. What else is there mm. to do? And they so. have a lot of options, and that's what I meant by it becoming a bridge because in a way that I did not expect, it really does set up a next 10 years of movies, potentially. Mm-hmm. It kind of introduces the Mephisto character, who's essentially, as I understand him, the devil of this world, basically. Like a magical being type thing who takes on Satan's role. Um, I'm probably like super off on that, but that's he. He's red with horns. <laughs> Tweet what at us I, and tell us how he, off we are. He's red this. with horns. What am I supposed <laughs> to think? Um, so I'm. I mean, yeah. I think and I think it's confirmed that she's gonna be in the next Doctor Strange movie with Benedict Cumberbatch. So, uh, super excited, super happy with how this show went. I wasn't. I didn't go in with super high expectations, and it, it blew my expectation out of the water. I was super happy. I got. I watched it, and looking forward to Winter Soldier and Falcon, Falcon. and Winter Soldier yeah. coming out next week. I'll probably watch that premiere right away. All right, good stuff. I think, I think that'll so just that's what about do it. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the We Don't Watch Everything podcast. We loved having you. Uh, Good luck on your journey to watch everything.